48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines. The government buys the TV rights for the Tokyo Olympics and says Hong Kongers will be able to watch for free. The chief executive apologises for quarantine problems, but the complaints about penny spay continue. And the government confirms that schools can resume half-day in-person classes on the 24th of May. Hong Kongers will be able to watch the upcoming Tokyo Olympic Games for free after the government bought the telecast rights. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, said the Games would be broadcast by five licensed TV stations in Hong Kong. She said the unprecedented arrangement was aimed at promoting sports. Despite all the things that we have done on sports development, it would be a great pity if the people of Hong Kong uh, have no chance to watch free of charge the Tokyo Olympic Games. Because um, the Tokyo Olympic Games is the first game held in Asia after the Beijing Olympic Games. It's much easier for us to watch. You don't have to get up in the midnight to, uh, to watch the games. And our athletes have been very well prepared for the Tokyo Games. We have gained access, or what we call the entry ticket, to 27 items. And we will be getting more. The head of Hong Kong Baptist University's Department of Sport, Physical Education and Health, Julian Baker, says it's a good way to promote interest in sports. Maybe that the local interest following the viewing of the Olympics may stimulate extra participation in Hong Kong itself. So without the viewing rights to see the Olympics, that grassroots development of sport may not occur. So it's a double-edged sword in some ways. Without the Olympics, the sport won't develop because of the spectators watching the sport and their admiration for the athletes and wanting to be like the athletes. And on the other side of the coin, the cost of... uh, Screening the Olympics, you know, will certainly have some impacts on that. So I guess it's a double-edged sword in some ways. The Vice President of the Sports Federation and Olympic Committee of Hong Kong, Kenneth Fox, said he hoped the government would outline a plan on how to use the telecast to promote sport in Hong Kong. The chief executive has apologised to more than 2,000 residents who were quarantined after cases of COVID variants were reported in their buildings. She admitted to substandard services and food at the Penny's Bay quarantine camp. During their stay in a quarantine centre, I understand that the conditions are not the best that we would like to see. The service may be um, a bit substandard, particularly over this uh, alleged food poisoning case. So we will review all these uh, complaints and grievances with a view to improving uh, the arrangements. But as I said, I really hope people of Hong Kong will appreciate because of the, the large number of people who have to be arranged for quarantine within a very short period. People released from Penny's Bay Quarantine Camp continue to criticise the arrangements, saying their departure was delayed because of paperwork problems. It comes after the government detained hundreds of households for 21 days, then released the residents after shortening their quarantine period. Timmy Sung reports. The government's mass quarantining of residents from street buildings has attracted a lot of criticism, including complaints of food poisoning at Penny's Bay Quarantine Camp and chaotic evacuation arrangements. Speaking on an RTHK program, Mr Ho from Tongchong's Caribbean coast said only his father was given permission to return home on Saturday, despite the whole family recording negative COVID results. He said even when he returned home yesterday, he received a message saying the Department of Health hadn't yet issued certificates for his discharge. Mr Wong from Chimwan's Orway Gardens complained that he and his mother's names were not on the list to leave, but no one could tell him what was going on. He said they would still be stuck there if they hadn't sought help from a district councillor. 
The government explained the operation involved many people and it took time to verify identities and documents, so not everyone could leave at the same time. The Democratic Party has urged the government to double the amount of its consumption vouchers to $10,000 for each adult resident, saying it will help boost the economy more effectively. The party's Peter Chan said the proposed $5,000 voucher may only be enough for people to buy food and other daily necessities and can't really stimulate the retail and services sectors. He says the government should and can afford to be more generous despite posting a budget deficit. Actually, what we think is that the government is proposing the consumption voucher for the reason of boosting the economy. So if the proposal we are talking about can boost the economy further, why the government would reject us? So the problem is, is the government really want to solve the economic crisis nowadays? An infectious disease expert says shortening quarantine requirements for fully vaccinated people distorts other pandemic measures. Leung Chichu says reducing the quarantine for people flying in from low-risk countries creates loopholes because around 80% of imported cases are asymptomatic. Despite Hong Kong recording three days of zero local cases, Dr Leung says it takes time to to observe if the city has achieved zero infections. And the Chief Executive Carrie Lam says schools can resume half-day in-person classes on the 24th of the month as the coronavirus situation continues to ease. Currently, schools can have two-thirds of student population on campus at the one time. Those schools where teachers submit to regular COVID testing can have all students on campus for more than half a day. At a weekly briefing, the Chief Executive said there'd been only 11 local coronavirus cases reported in the past two weeks. Mrs Lamb also confirmed that foreign domestic helpers wouldn't be forced to get a COVID vaccination when applying for a new work visa. The plan had attracted criticism. Mrs Lamb said officials had considered the views of foreign consuls, maids and employers, but the domestic helpers will be required to take another COVID test at the end of the month. The government just finished a territory-wide testing of the helpers on Sunday. Beijing officials say the 2020 census shows the world's largest population grew by 72 million in a decade, the smallest increase on record. The mainland now has 1.41 billion people, with just over half of them male. The head of the National Bureau of Statistics, Ning Jiuzhe, said the figures reflected structural problems that needed to be addressed in the economy and with developments in science and technology. He spoke through an interpreter. The dwindling size of working age population and women of childbearing age, further aging, decline in total fertility rate, and in newborns. We need to see these impacts in a dialectical manner. Overseas in the U.S. state of Georgia has abolished legislation passed during the Civil War that allowed residents to make citizens' arrests. The move comes just over a year after a black man was shot and killed by a white man who said he suspected him of being a burglar. Here's the BBC's Paddy Maguire. 27-year-old Ahmad Arbery was out for a run in February last year when he was pursued and then confronted by Gregory McMichael and his son Travis McMichael, who shot him dead. Their neighbour William Bryan had joined the chase and filmed the fatal encounter. A prosecutor initially assigned to the case had used Georgia's 1863 citizen's arrest law to argue that the shooting was justified. Campaigners say the law was used to round up escaped slaves and was later used to justify the lynching of African Americans. Scientists say we now have the most precise information yet on the deepest points in each of the Earth's five oceans. Here's the BBC's Jonathan Amos. 
The deepest places are the trenches, the great depressions that form where Earth's tectonic plates meet. Most were already reasonably well known. For example, the deepest of all, the Mariana Trench in the Western Pacific, at almost 11 kilometres or seven miles down, had been surveyed several times. But the privately financed Five Deeps expedition brought new precision with its measurement techniques and settled, for instance, competing claims in the Indian Ocean. The deepest part is now confirmed to be just off the Indonesian coast. The project mapped an area roughly equivalent to the size of France, but this still leaves four-fifths of Earth's sea floor to be surveyed to the same kind of modern standard. The US television network NBC says it won't broadcast the Golden Globe ceremony next year, joining a growing wave of criticism about the organisers' behaviour and lack of diversity. Here's the BBC's Peter Bowes. The Hollywood Foreign Press Association has pledged to become more inclusive and diverse. But NBC, which pays large sums to broadcast the Golden Globes, said while it believed the association was committed to meaningful reform, it had a long way to go to accomplish that goal. The organisation is facing a growing chorus of criticism. Tom Cruise is reported to have returned his three Golden Globes, while Scarlett Johansson has urged the entertainment industry to step back from the group, saying some of its members had subjected actors to behaviour that bordered on sexual harassment. Mainland inflation came in slightly lower than expected in April with the consumer price index rising 0.9% year-on-year. That compared to a 0.4% increase in March as non-food items like airfares and retail oil prices drove up inflation. Analysts say prices were generally stable as domestic consumption picked up, but factory gate prices, a key gauge of industrial profitability, jumped 6.8% year-on-year to beat estimates. It's the fastest rate in three and a half years. Finance now. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 108.89 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 21 cents. The pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 96 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 27,966. That's 634 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $109 billion. Sport, and we start with football in the English Premier League, where another team have been relegated. Full-time whistle blows, Burnley stay up, Fulham go down and just like 2018-19 when they came up via the playoffs from the championship, they are relegated after just one season. Fulham became the third team dropped from the Premier League, joining Sheffield United and West Brom in the championship next season. Fulham lost 2-0 at home to Burnley with Ashley Westwood and Chris Wood on the score sheet for the Clarets. Scott Parker is the Fulham manager. I think tonight, probably the, the, the game tonight, probably in broad terms and in a nutshell, probably sums up our season really. That In between both boxes we've been... We've been very good. We've looked every bit of a good side and, and, and worked our moments. What we've lacked at times is defensively, some not defended our box too well. And on the flip side of that is really scoring goals and in then final moments of detail probably just let us down. Players and fans of Chelsea and Manchester City could be headed to Portugal for this year's Champions League final. The BBC's Paul Serres reports. 
Portugal has emerged as a strong candidate to host this season's men's European Champions League final between the English Premier League clubs Chelsea and Manchester City after UEFA failed to gain guarantees over the exemptions it requires to move the game to Wembley in London. BBC Sport has been told European football's governing body has resolved that the match on May the 29th will not be played in Istanbul as originally planned because Turkey is on the UK government's red list for travel, meaning fans of the two sides would be unable to attend. However, those issues do not arise in Portugal, which is on the green list and also has fewer restrictions than the UK for those entering the country, which would make things more straightforward for UEFA. A planned trip to Japan by the head of the International Olympic Committee to review preparations for this summer's Games has been postponed because of the coronavirus. Thomas Batch had been due to travel next week. Here's the BBC's Alex Kapstick. The postponement of Thomas Bach's visit, which would have been his first since last November, comes as organisers struggle to convince people that the Games should go ahead. The IOC president was told not to travel amid rising infection rates and the extension of emergency measures in Tokyo. Latest polls suggest domestic opinion is firmly opposed to the Olympics. The Prime Minister, Yoshihide Suga, was forced to deny claims that he's prioritised the Games over the health and safety of the Japanese population. Meanwhile, test events are going ahead. The Olympic Stadium hosted an athletics competition on Sunday, although no spectators were allowed in. Meanwhile, the Japanese tennis star Naomi Osaka has been speaking about feeling conflicted as to whether the Olympics should go ahead. The four-time Grand Slam champion was speaking from Rome where she plays this week. To be honest, I'm not really sure. For me, I feel like I've been asked Olympics questions since I missed the Rio ones, um, especially since this one's being held in Tokyo. Um, um, but I think for me, I'm an athlete. Um, and of course, my immediate thought is that I'd want to play the Olympics. But as a human, I would say we're in a pandemic. Um, and if people are, aren't healthy um, and if they're not feeling safe, then it's definitely a really big cause for concern. More than 300,000 people have signed an online petition launched last week titled Cancel the Tokyo Olympics to protect our lives in a bid to sway the government and Olympic officials. Rugby and TJ Perinara says on Monday says he'll, he signed on to stay with the All Blacks till the 2023 World Cup. In the speculation, he'll move on to Australia's National Rugby League. 29-year-old Perinara had flirted with the idea of switching to Rugby League with the Sydney Roosters when his contract with... Japan's NTT, Doko Mered, Hurricanes expires. Instead, he's opted to return to New Zealand with the All Blacks and the super rugby club, the Hurricanes. And to end the news, the top stories once again. The government says it's buying the rights, the TV rights to the Tokyo Olympic Games and Hong Kongers will be able to watch for free. The chief executive apologises for quarantine problems, but the complaints about Penny's Bay continue. And the government confirms that schools can resume half-day in-person classes on the 24th of May. The news from RTHK. You can't manufacture a miracle The silence was pitiful
And welcome to the one two three show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday, the eleventh of May, is today's date. Many thanks once again to Phil for the morning brew today. We have a busy program for you. In about ten minutes or so, we'll be chatting with Catherine Donaway from the charity Hands On Hong Kong, which encourages people to volunteer their services for the benefit of the community. And we'll be hearing all about their annual servathon. And we hope to bring you that interview on Facebook as well, Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3. You can also uh, give us an uh, email. The email address is 123show at rthk.hk. And after the 2 o'clock news, we bring back John Rhodes, whiskey expert. And this time he'll be talking about choosing the right shape of glassware to 